0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Aaron Green Podcast. I'm joined today by a Highland Park legend, someone who I had the pleasure of of meeting in the last month or so, but our paths had crossed prior to that, I think. Everybody wants you to meet Mr. James Lynch. You are the, what your title is, I don't want to get it wrong. The executive director, yes, of the Art Center Highland Park. That's right. Not the yeah. not of Highland Park it's the Art Center. Everybody
1: Highland Park. gets it wrong. It's the Art Center Highland Park. Right. Thanks for getting it right. Yeah,
0: thanks. Um, and for those that don't know, you know Highland Park is a suburb of Chicago. is a, is a pretty I would say people have a flair or a, a love for the arts, right? There was like the Apple Tree Theater. Very huge,
1: and it, it's almost the wrong thing for you to bring up so early on because that's my that's my platform is that we do not brag about it enough how much of an art city this is. And I've got several projects going on right now to change that because it, this is so art-rich. Aside from educated people who appreciate the arts mm-hmm. and participate in the arts, we have so many arts institutions in the cities. We have five dance companies in this city. We've, we're the summer home of the CSO We've got Ravinia. How many other cities on the North Shore have an arts center? I,
0: yeah, I can't think of any, right. but but it's interesting because the art center has touched me. You know, I took a photography class, an adult photography mm-hmm. class there, which was fantastic. When I started getting into all this, whatever this is, so it is a great resource, located right here in the North Shore, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people and don't really know about it for the most part, who aren't necessarily connected to Highland Park. And I think <laughs> because I didn't really know about it, but right. but I've learned about it, and I'm lucky, I'm glad that I did, and I'm hoping that maybe through this medium. We can get other people who aren't familiar with what it offers. We can get them in the door because I think it's. it's you know, if anything, thanks. it's just a great thing to, to have an in in your backyard. Yeah. Right. The mission of the, of the Arts Center Highland Park. What? How would you describe what it is?
1: It's changed in the last few years, especially. I've been there five and a half years, and originally the mission was to promote visual arts, but with my background, which includes all of the arts. I am performance art in my background. Mm -hmm. My degree is in directing for theater. And I've been in performance art before that, which is like everything, which mixes every genre of art into one. And while I've been here, we changed the mission statement to be about cultural exploration. Interesting. So that means we can have classes in painting, jewelry making, mosaics, ceramics, but we can also have songwriting, um, poetry, and and we do, and we have we're we're bringing in uh, swing dancing oh, coming wow. up. We have yoga in the galleries. It, it, That's cool, it, and it also helps us as an institution expand our offering because only so many people. There's a limited audience for people who want to do applied arts. You know, who want to come in and paint and draw, and, and some people like photography. You know, photography. You're using something. Uh, separate. You may not be able to draw, but you can do s- great stuff with with a camera. And there are people who just want to talk about art. They want to do art history or, or you know, learn how to buy art or, you know, just talk about um, trends or color theory, things like that. Wow, so, so you
0: can go – there's a lot yeah. to offer. It's interesting. Yeah. I, my parents did a pretty good job, I think, of instilling art and, you know, cultural art – in in my life, we, we went to the art institute a lot. Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of time there with with my mom. You know, I've very vivid memories of of going there. And then when, when we go visit the city, we'd always go to some sort of either an art museum or some sort of cultural museum. So art was very important to me. And actually, in college, I took an art history class. Mm-hmm. And of all the classes I took in college, that's the only one that I think really I remember. I remember what I wrote on on the test and my final was like about a Caravaggio painting. Mm-hmm. And I you know I took all these other bullshit classes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything, but that class had an impact on I me. Mean, I think it was because, you know, art is, I don't know, it was like this emotional connection that right. I think everybody has, right. whether they know it or not. And again, art was important to me. And, you know, my parents always, you know, talked about art and, and they tried to, you know, teach me the importance of it. So, you know, I, I applaud your mission. I think the art center at Highland Park is a fantastic place to go and I would encourage everybody to go there, but I want to learn more about your story. Mm. Because you know you're from New York originally, yeah, yeah, and you were in theater and that types of arts. Yeah, I'm
1: originally from Long Island, moved to Florida for a few years, mm-hmm. and I really only got into um, theater when I was choosing a college major. Where did you go? To school? Uh, I, I had, did two years, and I used to hide this because it was a community college. Okay, oh, but. I paid my own way through college, so now I brag about it, actually. My first two years was in a community college. I moved back to New York mm-hmm. to go to NYU, and I was accepted into the Stella Adler there program, which, is if you know about theater, that was a big deal. But uh, then I found out they are only giving me half the scholarship, so I just started auditioning, I started working. And before you knew it, I was on some national tours. I, wow. I'd, I'd learned French. Uh, in, in school, just because I like the sound of the language, I was in these national <laughs> tours of Three Musketeers, Cyrano de yeah. Bergerac, so all these, like, heroes growing up, watching these movies, The Three Musketeers and, and all these you French know, films, it, I all of a sudden was get, getting to play them on stage and to tour. So
0: that, That's that's amazing. So I'm not much of a of a theater guy, mm-hmm. but I can tell you, you know, you said you hesitated about where you went to college because I want to send my kids to, like, a technical school, like a community college, yeah. because I think they need to learn a skill because I got a liberal arts... Education. Mm-hmm. I became a lawyer. went to law school, and now look at me. You know, I'm talking to a microphone and mm-hmm. helping people mm-hmm. create content for social media. But I think having a specific skill is would be super important these days, more than just like going to some expensive. As long as school. you're learning, Exa- exactly, and it's something
1: you're passionate about. You're right. And then I was able to translate that. You know, I, I I didn't go there, but I wound up. Long story short, in Dallas, and I was at the University of Texas at Dallas, mm-hmm. where. The dean just happened to be Robert Carrigan, who is one of the people who shaped American theater, and he became my mentor. So I went back to school for two years, finished my bachelor's, and then came to Chicago to DePaul University's Theater School, which is world famous. Yeah,
0: and Chicago has a great, a great theater town.
1: Oh yeah, and all right, I'm a New Yorker, but I'm going to say right, that okay. it's way no, more no, exciting no will...
0: here in Chicago. No, Black listens. box
1: theaters. I had such a great time. Okay. Um, worked for years and a lot of like the organic national pastime um still have connections to the theaters down in chicago it's a very exciting place to be yeah
0: my parents they have membership to the goodman theater so they're down they're yeah. there all the time but it is yeah. like listen i'm not such a theater guy mm-hmm. not only did my parents drag me to the art institute but they also took me to do a lot of live theater and that i was not so impressed with you so mm. you know i know i'm aware of it and i know culturally it's important but
1: it's not my you need a curator you know what yeah, and, and and I used to do that. I worked for the Chicago Parks District, and I was a drama instructor. That was the title.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I took the job because it was a steady gig, and it was insurance. And I was a, mm-hmm. you know, I had a, I had starting to have children at the time, and um, I wanted to get out of there on Thursday night. And I started this theater club, and I was a curator, and I would pick the shows, the black box shows, for people to come with. I started uh, small, and I had like three hundred people on the list. Mm-hmm. So my job was going to theater one night a week, and we'd get discount prices. But I would choose the right shows for people to go with because there's you know hundreds of shows to choose from, yeah. and you can go to a couple of crappy shows and you go, I don't like theater. But a curator of the shows that you go to go to see in Chicago um, puts you in you know the right place. It's somebody who knows what's going on. And the same way that we have a curator at the Art Center who helps us choose what the topics are, who the artists are, the level of what we, what we present. Mm-hmm. And it gives you you know, consistency in what we do. And for the last five years, it's been uh, me working with Karen Helene Rudman, who is our curator who comes from Highland Park. Um, that's why we're successful as a, as a gallery right now. But if you just randomly pick shows and you wind up at some theater where it's a bunch of kids showing off, you're not going to be happy.
0: Yeah. Listen, my parents, we went to like a lot of Shakespeare. I thought that was important to them. And, you know, it's hard for the kids to sit through Shakespeare, but I'll tell you, you know, in the nineties, the Romeo and Juliet movie came out with, um, I don't know, uh, Claire Danes and, and that was like, Oh my God, see this stuff can be cool and interesting. Yeah. Um, but you know, up until that point, it was like, it was sort of a drag. You know, we spent a lot of time at the Lincolnshire Theater. Went to all those right. kid shows. It just wasn't for me. And I probably right. Probably wasn't exposed to the to the stuff that fit my my personality. What I, what interested me. Right. But listen, my parents tried. They didn't do such a bad job. I shouldn't yeah. say anything bad about them. I would never. But um, you, you know, you mentioned something about picking the art. How it's curated at the, Highland, the art center. Do you focus only on like local artists, or is okay. it, is it no. much bigger than that?
1: Yeah, we um. We have a pretty big mission to focus on underserved artists first, not only, but first. So that means artists of color, women artists, and women artists of color. Now, that's our primary focus. It's not our only focus. So uh, right now, as a matter of fact, last Friday it opened. It is faculty and members exhibit. And that means anybody who's either faculty or member, and, and we just this last year doubled members, so went from 230, I think, to nearly 500 members. Oh wow! Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and and membership is is that like that core relationship. You know that's that's the benefit of membership. It's it's loyalty, really, and um, everybody gets to put one piece in without, you know, you, you're it's not really juried in that same sense. We had 140 pieces to put up. So oh, wow. And, that, it range and range that's from, a big from, show. From like sculptures to, to oil, everything. Everything. Um, and even jewelry. Um, so we have a lot of pieces. But it came together as a coherent show. I'm very proud of it. Mm-hmm. And please stop by and take a look at it. It's up for another three weeks. But uh, then in February, we open it up to District 112 and 113. So it's all um, Students. You know, student work. And again, it's gorgeous because the schools up here, the the art teachers in this area, are amazing, and the and the work that's put up by kids is great. So, that's we're talking about three months out of twelve already is is tied up. Wow, and stuff on the walls
0: for that long. That's that's amazing.
1: Well, we change our exhibits out about every six weeks. Okay, and uh, um, you know we we do have some input from the board on what we choose, and um, we do, we have artists coming. We've had artists submit from St. Petersburg, Russia, from Paris, but um, I'd say about 70% of the artists are local, mm-hmm. and, and that means all over Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had artists that we featured. We had Henry Doman, who actually recently passed away, is a very well-known um, artist who moved here from... Um, he, he was part of the Holocaust, and he, he became a... Um, photographer for lifetime and oh, all those wow. magazines. And we did an exhibit of his photography a, a while back and sold quite a bit of his work. It was very inc- incredible. We've done, um, Norman Teague who's very sure. big in the design world sure. okay. right now. We, ha- we had him recently and, um, you know, we, we get some very, as our reputation grows, we're able to attract bigger and, and better artists over time. That's
0: great. Cause you know, Highland park, I think, you know, it's a fantastic place, and it has that, that – it attracts that, that kind of uh, – I would hope it attracts those those bigger names. You know, there's an artist a photographer in this area, um, Richard Shea. You know, his dad – I don't know. He's, I think he's in Deerfield. Mm-hmm. But his yeah. art, her dad His dad was Art Shea. It mm-hmm. was like a big life. Oh, thing, yeah. And, and um, you know, he's hanging out with Billy Corgan all the time over right. at uh, Adam Zuzu. So. Right. And even, you know, Billy Corgan, I think, you know, he's around, and he, I'm sure he is like a – does he contribute at all to the art centers he involved? Yeah. Um, I invite him all the time. And he says no? <laughs> all right, I'll work. Not that uh, I know him, but uh, I can influence he,
1: him. You know, his focus is on uh, Madam Zuzu's. Yeah. And, you know, that that's what he's working on. I invite him all the time. Uh, if he listens to this, he's always welcome. That's right. He's also um, welcome to come here and September. Well, well, one of the things I focus on as an organization is collaborating with other organizations. I, I never think of us as competing. Mm-hmm. It's always collaborating. I'm, I've created a... Um, an organization uh, there's two i'm working on right now one is putting all of the arts and uh culture organizations in highland park together to work together to up all of us you know it's the the idea is that when the tide comes in all boats float right a, so yeah, ravinia and um the Amder productions who does
0: all of the art John, festivals Hannah the thing. Used to work with um Ex-wife and, and her company. So I just
1: saw her she's uh, last Wednesday night. Yeah, and uh, so Amy Amder does most of the festivals yeah. in the, the city. And then there's um, um, Bitter Jester Music Festival. Nick DeGrazia. And
0: I've been begging Nick DeGrazia to come and talk to me, but the guy is too busy for me. So he owes me a phone call. So Nick?
1: Nick will get there.
0: Nick, you got to get in here, buddy. Well, it, all of
1: these people, and, and Jeff Hayden at, at Ravinia is he's super. You know, He's he's still new to the job a little bit. Mm. But Ravinia, you know, there's a huge list of people, the Uptown Music Theater, uh, all of these people came together about a month ago on a Friday night at Ravinia, and we all said, how do we work together to everybody's benefit? Yeah. And we're doing that. And then there's another group out of, that's all about Lake County, and that's Citadel Theater and Adler Estate Mm -hmm. and Genesee midwest young artists all of us putting it together because right now the arts have, they have not recovered since covid people are not coming back really. the way they are the, the art center thankfully and i'd knock wood except that you told me that it would and you can hurt the, the, the sound yeah, system, a little, not a but on the you table. know the, the art center we've recovered our our education is is back to the pre-covid levels and it's actually going over but a lot of art institutions you see what happened in the city of chicago a yeah. lot of the the major players are shutting down they haven't recovered since the 2008 uh recession the great recession of 2008
0: and that's that's a shame and i'm surprised to hear that because you know when for me for covid it was a time to sort of turn in or in internally mm-hmm. and you know, focus that you get time to focus on other things right and i would think and that's an odd one i don't know you know people would start to take up the hobby of, of creating art, you know, there's nothing right. else to do around the right. house. So, you know, you buy some stuff. And, and I would think that after that, you, if they, people wanted to continue on, the art center would have, you know, been a great place. They would have been running to get in there and, and, and learn something and, and practice.
1: I'm, I'm just now publishing the article on exactly why that didn't happen. Um, it People got used to doing it at home. You know, Netflix profited. So yeah. uh, Netflix, the the numbers of new subscribers during COVID, was amazing. So people got used to hanging out at home. And it's, it's the concept of your first place, second place and third place. First place, of course, being home. Second place is work. And the third place is where you choose to spend time where there's no issues about productivity. It's where you go for camaraderie, friendship and, Mm and leisure. And we got used to not I mean, first of all, we didn't even have the second place for a long time. Yeah, you know, people sure. are doing work virtually, and a lot of people are still allowed to do work virtually. But then that third place, it's you know, if you're on a sports team or your church or, you know, or whatever your hobbies are or, or going out to theater or to you know, an art gallery or whatever, but we're not seeing the return that we used to. There's a great um, survey done by the city of Chicago just recently – And it it's it's a great in the fact that it's very thorough, um, not great in the fact that it's pretty dire what's going on. And we're going to lose a lot of uh, institutions and those ones without, um, you know, deep pockets to survive Hmm. uh, are going to, you know, looking glass and a bunch of the others that you think are, you know, long term institutions are. Putting uh, themselves on pause or shutting down.
0: That, that's a that's a shame. Um, and you know, I also think as you were talking, because you know, I think about me about my experience with creativity and art. You know, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time learning photography, mm-hmm. and I learned that on YouTube. You know, YouTube and the right. internet has a ton of information of other people telling you or teaching you how to how to do things. Mm-hmm. So the access of information sort of changed the landscape of where you got your lands, you know, where you learn your stuff where right, your right. craft. But for me, like, I still wanted that. You mentioned camaraderie. I wanted to go to talk, talk to right. somebody professional about it who could, you know, listen, tell me if I'm wasting my time or if I've got, you know, if I've got any talent or just, just to talk to somebody who, who could give me well, pointers and I could bounce ideas off of.
1: As COVID hit, we we pivoted right away. We put as many classes as we could online. Which meant teaching our teachers, our, our instructors, how to run a Zoom class. Oh gosh, how did that go? Actually, went, went pretty well. Okay, <laughs> and good. And oddly enough, it was the ones we thought were uh, like uh, would be resistant to uh, learning new tricks, so to speak, who kind of prospered and, and we're like, Oh, this is fun. Um, a couple of them learned how easy it was to teach online through zoom mm-hmm. that they took their students directly. And I haven't seen them since, okay. but, um, there were people who would come in as COVID restrictions eased up. And we, we kept wearing masks for a long time in the art center because you're in a small center and, you know, a small space in a studio mm-hmm. when you're in close contact. So we, we kept people, I don't know if it was good for us to keep masks longer, because some people complained that we were still wearing masks and other people complained when we took them yeah, off. Yeah,
0: that argument is... is you can't, we can't who, knew? Yeah. who knew? Nobody right. knows. That's but, the problem.
1: W- but there were people who said, you know, they have their own studio in their house where they can paint, but they missed that coming together with other people to be creating um, art as a group. E- e- even if And there's one class where everybody sets up their own easel and they all work on their own project. And they interact with with each other, but they're still working independently. But they're working together, and and they miss that kind of creative energy.
0: Yeah, be around other creative people, and then you know when you're creating mm-hmm. something to, to say, hey, can you come take a look at this? Maybe someone has a different perspective and, and right. give you an idea that sort yeah. of influences you or, or ignites something else that you didn't see. Yeah. I think there's probably a ton of value in that. Well,
1: one group has stayed, and and it's um, I forget the name of the class, but it's 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 about studying the techniques of the masters. So. Van Gogh and all of the others and and you you paint a, a, a piece in that style and then you're critiqued by this by this teacher and they do it all online and then they share their images and we make a little video that we share as well mm-hmm. but they still get together to have dinner as as a group so they still need that um, you know that that closeness mm-hmm. but but it's more than that and and th- this is, you know this is my drum and i'm gonna beat it what we learned from COVID at the art center we had we had had a three-legged stool before it and it was exhibits education and events right and and that was our three-legged stool and we were doing great and people loved the art center um it had been you know a little shaky when i came on for other reasons but we were in full recovery and then COVID hit and it was like you know take take the feet right out from underneath you but we learned over COVID and this was this is the big lesson was that we also not we couldn't assume community you know community isn't something that that is just and it's funny because my other job is I'm an executive coach when Mm. I go into a company and you, you say well you know there's company culture there's company culture whether you're conscious of it or not whether you're in charge of it or not there is a culture right so The fourth leg of the stool, as we're coming out of COVID restrictions, had to be community building, not assuming community. So now we've got a four-legged stool. Of course, it's stronger, right? So we have more programs that are about building community than ever before. We have community dinners. Now that on the page, that looks like calm. And then big letters, unity, where we have um, potluck dinners. And you wouldn't think of this necessarily with an arts center. But we come together and we talk about um, ways to make the community better, stronger, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, oh, we great. have uh, interesting speakers who come, and they don't just talk about sculpture and painting and, and about art-related topics. We also have social justice speakers come. We have um, um, somebody come talk. He, he made a, a photo album of the joyous moments of the, the protests, the Black Lives Matter protests and uh, Vashon Jordan Jr., who mm-hmm. we'll have him back again. He, he was great. We have Jamal Cole coming to do community building workshop. And he's from uh, the South Side. And he does uh, My Block, My Hood, My Sit-In. He's won numerous awards for his work on the South Side. So um, all of these reasons to bring people together as a community. And that is as important as our arts mission, because that's how we prevent Things that have happened in Highland Park, right? Right, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I sure, I sure you know, do. You can't take these things for granted, and no community can take that for granted. No community
0: can say, "Well, th- that can't happen here," because that's what we thought in Highland Park
1: up until two
0: years ago. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I moved out of the city was to get away from the, the you know the scariness and the uneasiness, Absolutely. and, and walked right into that you know right into COVID, and then into and it's working whole... in our
1: favor. And I'm sorry to um, sure. I call it the reverse cultural commute. People, it, it might take forty minutes to get from one side of Chicago to the other. I, I know we're <laughs> we're podcasting; it can't necessarily see me, but I gesture with mm-hmm. my hands. I'm like from over here to over here. But people are coming from Chicago to Highland Park to our gallery openings. There's a lot of people from Chicago That's because, amazing. for one thing, you can park. Yes, you know, yeah, Don't have to pay for it. Uh, the level of the art that we're exhibiting at the art center is draws is, that kind of crowd. Is good or equal or better than than a lot of the galleries in the city, and and I know because you know we we go to them too. And you can get into a restaurant, you know, without a two-hour wait, and, and the restaurants here are fabulous, yes, and definitely. and we have this beautiful boutique town, but it's safer. You know, and everybody right now is thinking. Well, you hear a lot of it. If you go into Chicago, you're going to get carjacked. You're going to get shot. You're going to get robbed and stuff. So, you know, we're we're being built as a safer community, right? So oh. people are coming up to us for that reason. But we have to be conscious. You know, we have to we have to keep building on the fact we've had a terrible thing happen to us. But we have to keep building that community. We're in contact. We we reach out to our neighbors. We we consciously come out to events that are happening we have to come to the lot we have to go sure. shopping with our neighbors we have to like make sure that the restaurants are full yeah support um, local, and, that, and that's yeah.
0: actually one of the reasons why i, I put this together you know as, as a witness to that tragedy you know i felt you know as whatever impact it had on me it changed yeah. me and i felt like i had to give back in some way yeah and you know maybe this is a small piece way of doing it is bringing people in like you from the community who were mm-hmm. doing great stuff i've tried to focus on on community businesses and entrepreneurs and professionals here that can talk about things that they're up to and, and tell their story. Yeah. I think that's, that's what resonates and what help, helps people sort of recover from, from that trauma. Because for, for, for me, talking about it, and I, whoever sits in the chair across from me, I, it always inevitably comes up right. in some contexts because it's now defined sort of who I am.
1: We, we have ongoing programs. We, once a month we have a group called uh, the Art Impact Project. They're out of Lake Bluff, and they are doing a, an... It, it's not art therapy because they're not art therapists but they're using similar tools and it's just it's it's once a month it's an art project that uh, everybody comes sits around a table and you do a project together sometimes the conversation is about and and it is for victims of, of the shooting mm-hmm. and everybody is a victim of the shooting whether you you know it literally got shot or not if you were in Highland Park and I remember um, at a Town Hall with the mayor one time, where somebody was uh, talking about being a victim of the shooting, and the and the mayor stopped and said, "Listen, we're all victims." Yeah. yeah. And and it was it was a poignant moment, and she was right, and she did a great job, and so did our city manager, by the way. But we have this Gita,
0: Gita Gerwich, is that Gita
1: Gita, Gita. Yeah, yeah, yeah both of them um, really rose to the occasion, and they I did. admire I both. And
0: I uh, I tried to get uh, Mayor Rotaring to come sit down with me, and she's. I'm, I'm working on her. She'll come. She's very busy, I'm sure.
1: She's busy, but <laughs> she's also uh, she's very accessible. Yeah, I, I totally. think you could get her. Um, Keep trying.
0: <laughs> so Mayor Rotaring, let's talk. We a lot to talk. No, about.
1: you should. She's she's uh, she's she's charming. She's very well spoken, and she loves this city. But um, now, where was I then? But uh, um, we have this class once a month, and and sometimes people do talk about the shooting and sometimes it's just people coming together Mm -hmm. but that's the key here and my friend john woodall he wasn't my friend before the shooting but we've become friendly after because he is a trauma therapist and he lives in sandy hook
0: oh gosh! and
1: his clients have always been the 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 parents of the children and now it's the children who survived the sandy hook shooting and so what is his day like it's terrible but he called me right after the shooting somebody arranged a therapy session for me because they said you know they said james will be involved in in you know leading the the town's recovery and that 45 minute session with him was one of the best conversations i've had in 10 years but he said the arts can achieve a therapeutic effect without actual therapy so preaching to the choir but he really called me out and he said what can you do and what will you do and we're going to do this for not one year not two years or as, as long as we part can of the highland
0: park story and, and that's yeah. that's incredible but you said something that sort of made me like sort of pause and think about geez how awful you know that highland park now is part of that story when you mentioned sandy hook yeah you have to mention you know las vegas all yeah. now highland park becomes part of that conversation it's very yeah. it's very sad because i think highland park doesn't I don't think we'd want to be known for that because Holland Park has so much more to offer. Right. Um, and that sort of, like, made me upset for a second. But the therapy thing is interesting because, for me, what happened to me is, you know, and I've told this story before on the podcast, is I became obsessed with photography. Mm-hmm. taking And, I you know, I don't know what happened or why that happened. I was never interested in cameras or photography before. But for whatever reason, something changed in my head, and that's what I – you know, that's how it impacted me. And sure. when I have – when I, when I had my camera in my hands or, you know, immediately after it, when I was learning the camera, I'd, I'd, I'd like escape to the city at night just to take night pic pictures. And it felt like it, it scratched some creative itch or something that I needed to express myself. And I wouldn't necessarily show it to anybody, but it was something that for me mm-hmm. that made me feel, I don't connected to something. It was odd because I was never a, a guy who was so in touch with, with who I was. You know, being a kid in the '90s, where being emotional and, and being in touch with yourself was probably not so looked upon as being a positive thing, mm-hmm. you know, it, it became an outlet for me. So it was incredible. And then and I and I would assume then getting involved with the art center and other people, I would assume feel the same way or have those same feelings. The art center could be a great place for them to help get that out and figure it, out what what's going on internally.
1: It it really is, and we we created a lot of programs. We had open houses that were run by some of our board members. We had the Art Impact Project. We, we created uh, um, actually Lincoln School became one of the temporary um, therapy places in, in the city during that. And uh, Gita Newkirch, the city manager, called and said, we're, we're making Lincoln School ready for therapy sessions, but it's painted white and it's bland and it's, mm-hmm. and it's very sterile. What can you do? And we installed a gallery in like 30 hours. Oh, like, wow. I got a local artist, I borrowed a bunch of their stuff, a couple, a couple of the artists came in, we drew on
0: chalkboards, mm-hmm. and... and mm. We're going to go to Lincoln School, but now they go to Indian Trail, for whatever it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's weird, I think about Indian Trail, and you, you, know, you talk about you know progressive thought in Highland Park, isn't yeah. it crazy that we have a school called Indian Trail? Is that, is anybody, <laughs> I does anybody think that's odd? I never that thought it about to be, it. Like, you know, you had to get rid of the Cleveland Indians or the or the Redskins in Washington DC. But right. Indian Trail and you know, in forward progressive thinking Highland Park is nobody's seemed to get upset about that yet. Maybe because I've said it now into the microphone, people are gonna start going crazy. I don't know. You don't know. That that seems like something I'm gonna You gonna stay away from that one? I'm gonna stay away from. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. I, I'm just I'm just it's just an observation. I have no yeah. opinion one way or the other. Just an observation. Anyway. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> cut that part out of the, the podcast. Yes. I just dodged it, that's all. No, you, you did. It, that was good. I, actually, I think this part now is probably the most interesting.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it is interesting for us because when I first came on at the Arts Center, there was a show called Native American Voices. Mm-hmm. And it was already up, already hung, and um, it was the first reception, and there were some Native Americans there, which... I brought a friend of mine who's who's half um, half Italian half Native American mm-hmm. and I was showing them around and then there are people who wanted to talk to me because I'm the executive Uh-oh. director Uh-oh. I said, well it's not Native American voices because you have white people depicting Indians and and then and, and it was a big lesson in my first let's say week of work and it we as curators and as artists and as as exhibitors need to be very careful how we portray any topic that we have um as a matter of fact we did and um went on it's called the thin line and and the the expression is there's a thin line between sanity and insanity and all of these terms have become hot button you know things so whenever we we Exhibit these. We have to be very careful how we phrase it, but we can't, also can't be sanitary because the arts are a place for people to come and have a discussion. Yeah, you know, that, to, a, to, so
0: the point of art is to yeah. is to is to, sp- cause, is to create yes. conversation. Is to be yes. a little bit you know push the envelope maybe or, right. or say things that are do things that people don't agree with. It could start right. a conversation.
1: Right. We had one called Words Matter, and yeah. it was right after um, a certain president's uh, term, and it seemed you could say anything in in the press whether it was true or not and there were no repercussions so so we did one you know where we asked people do words really matter anymore can you say anything you want or yeah. do words really matter and then let the artist play that one out and as long as we're responsible in how we frame it we had we had another one called impact black and white and i was really proud of this this one and again, it's Karen hillian Rodman is is our curator, and she is the the person who suggests ninety percent of these, and I just help her flesh out the idea, and mm-hmm. make sure that we're responsible. But the impact, uh, impact color, impact black and white was, um, we told the artists in the in the call for artists, uh, call for entries was, you can be literal or you can be figurative, and we had one artist hmm. who did a series. In black and white of all of these black community members in a hoodie, uh, um, with mm. the topic was Trayvon Martin, and oh. what was interesting was his story about it. Was he was um, he was a flight attendant, and he was doing sketches. He had a weekend flight to I think it was Paris, and and he's sketching. And one of the other flight attendants saw the uh, sketch, and he says, why are you drawing that criminal or whatever, he's, he said, um, because he's drawing a black man in a hoodie. And he looks at the other flight attendant, and he says, that's the pilot of the plane we're on in a hoodie. The assumption was made, right? And then we had I a panel that, yeah. with, um, I can't think of her name now, but she's uh, Illinois Humanities, uh, she's she's a PhD, and and so she led this uh, discussion with some of the artists on these assumptions that we make, and you know that's the way a gallery should be. It's not just as one of our board members. Past board members mm-hmm. said, aren't we ever going to just do pretty pictures on a wall? You know, I said, yes, we will do pretty pictures on a wall, but they'll mean something, and it'll spark a conversation, and it'll make for a stronger community with deeper connection. hundred percent. That's yeah. why the we're in- here.
0: Engagement. Because, you know, so I do a lot yeah. of social media, yeah. and really the goal is to be social. Right. Social media is a social. So you have right. to get people to engage, and, and that means commenting and interacting. And, and the yeah. same would go for art on the wall. You have to right. put something up that people are going to talk about, right, that people want to talk about or, or have comments on, That's I think that's sort of where the magic happens. Is you get, it, whether it's negative or positive, because, like, you get negative comments on social media, it's still, people are engaging, Whether right. it, and th- right. that may be the problem with social media. And well,
1: that, well, back to the blue line that I, I skipped over was, it was a lot of the artists themselves were dealing with, um, you know, m- mental health issues. And and they came to us and they said it, it's like great you know we're 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 able to say I have had dealt with this condition and we we're erasing the stigma of saying well that person has mental illness you know mm-hmm. was saying, yes I do you know and the artist that we were featuring um, she had this whole conversation she did a we did a night featuring her as a speaker she talked about her bipolar um, disease that she's been dealing with and. It it's a way for us again. It's re, re, erase the stigma. These are just things that people deal with. These are conditions. It's not her. She's this fabulous artist and a good friend to this day.
0: You know, and again, I'm a, I'm a probably the '90s. That's where I sort of came of age. Mm-hmm. And having you know a mental condition where you need to talk to somebody was a sign of weakness. I mean, right. You certainly did not right. want to express it or tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. But we're lucky. You know, I think of my kids, how lucky they are to live in a society that's got its problems. Mm -hmm. But to be able to be in touch with those emotions, be able to talk about them and not be judged. Right. You can say and not be worried that people are going to repercussions. I, I, You know, I see a therapist, you know, and I 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I never would have fronted. I never would have sat down with anybody to talk about it. Yeah. But now it's it's so okay, And that's I think. But if you have a cold or the flu, you you go go to a a doctor. doctor. Right. Right. Yeah. So as as a society, I think that's how we've advanced. You know, we've taken a lot of steps back. But from that perspective, I think it's 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 we've you know we we make we make progress. I think right. Um, but back to the art center because mm-hmm. that's you know why we're here and we're sort of running out of time because we've been talking for I don't know a long time. I don't wonder if people are going to last this long in the conversation. <laughs> I, I know my mom will listen. She I think she listens the whole way through. I think <laughs> she can find the thing. Um, but um, any upcoming events or things that you want to talk about um, that are happening at the art center are ways that people can get involved. Ways that I can get involved or. or you know, other people in the Highland Park community or the greater North Shore, Chicagoland area.
1: We have um, we have a few major events that we do, and we're right now we're already working on our benefit, which is in May, which is a big deal for us. And we, it's it's like our birthday party, and we throw a big party. It's the first Friday in May, and uh, we're already lining up. We you always have a celebrity or somebody. Last year we had um, Kai Martin from. Channel Five News as as the as the celebrity host. and it's just Billy um, to. Um, i I've, in, I've invited him.
0: And no, no luck. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. I'll work on him. Uh, <laughs> you
1: know, um, no, we it, it's it's a big party for us. We had Hubbard Street dancers perform last year, and it's it's a major way where we support our, ourselves. We do a um, we do a chalk art event in the summer called Draw Together, which is really, it was it was born in the idea of COVID, where we could bring people together because it was outside. But sidewalk chalk is so accessible. You, you don't need instructions, and right, nobody's huh? intimidated with sidewalk chalk. If you can't draw a whale or a chicken or whatever you want to draw, you, you can write your name, you can you know play hopscotch. Or something. Mm-hmm. I, so, say, I would
0: go to the hopscotch right away. That's, that's easy <laughs> well, one. And
1: it, but it brings everybody together, and we also use it as an open house for our education. And, um, we have half of our budget comes from education, from classes. And if, and you said before that not everybody knows where the arts center is or knows about it. And, and that's, you know, uh, you know, we've been here 63 years and, um, Listen, and yeah, I it, was and being it's a moved little, around. No, to- it's, it's all right. I mean, if if anybody in Highland Park hasn't heard about it, then we still have work to do. But we're not just the Arts Center for Highland Park. We're also for Highwood, for Glencoe, for you know, Deerfield. We we want to be the hub of arts and culture on the North Shore. And we do. We advertise um, all the way down to Chicago and all the way up to Milwaukee. And we do have mm-hmm. um, members. As a matter of fact, we're we're doing it this afternoon. We're we're taking a look at our geographic uh, reach and where we need to 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 buff it up we do programs at the Highwood library on a regular basis and uh, we we do try and have something for everyone you
0: know, and uh, my daughter actually thinks I'll take a step back I mm-hmm. a lot of think more people know about the hot parks than that I give myself credit that I may have tried to be a little bit sticky right my, mm-hmm. my daughters took our classes there mm-hmm. so the, you know and they took it with their friends and they loved it so mm-hmm. um, you know I think there is a lot of a lot of a lot of people know, know, about know about it. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Well, when I first I, came on, I was interviewed on uh, one of the Chicago stations, and she was calling us that hidden little gem on the North Shore, hidden little gem on the North Shore. And it was my first time interviewed on the radio for this. Yeah. And uh, she said, uh, any last words? And it was like, whoa, you know, good question. And I said, uh, yeah, you know, it." It's okay to call us a little gem, but let's not let's knock the hidden out of it. You know? That's right. So we're, we are a gem, and we are little. You know, we we rent our space from the city. It's the former okay. American Legion Hall. Right. Top level is all um, galleries, and the lower level is all studios. And we're busting at the seams, but we still have room. We still have time. We've got a lot of classes. We we house the uh, the senior center classes are all conducted. You know, the city of Highland Park. They mm-hmm. they conduct their classes at us because they don't have space for it we have uh, arts of life which is for um, severely um, handicapped um, individuals or with handicaps um, they come in and they do uh, two days a week with us we got afternoon for for teens we have you know we, we actually are running right now six days a week and then some workshops on on sunday so like six and a half days a week we're we're Something for everyone, for every skill level, and nobody needs to come in as an accomplished artist to take a class and there.
0: What about the online stuff? Is there still online classes or, yeah. or is there like a catalog of all those online classes from COVID? Well we stopped
1: could... doing a hard catalog that we mailed out um because of COVID, because we had to be so flexible and change things according to what the restrictions are. We do have like if somebody wants to stop by the Art Center, we have a trifold that we can hand them with the general things. But if they just go to the artcenterhp.org they can see the uh, full class catalog online, and you can actually do a virtual walkthrough if you if you don't want to come to 1957 Sheridan Road Highland Park, which is right down the street from where we are right now. 1957 Sheridan Road Highland Park. You can actually walk through the studios virtually with your with your mouse. Um, Very cool. Th- that's on our website.
0: Listen, great. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Art Center. Thank you. Um, they've helped me in my photography journey, so Thank I you, you know it, have, it has touched me personally um um I, you know i was going to ask you i want to talk about something just for a minute something not art related you know because you 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 have a voice like a, you know like a real you have like a good timber um you, if you've done any like any formal broadcasting beyond you know just i did yeah. Where, yeah where was that
1: well um for 20 years i was an actor and and then i focused on directing but um, I used to do like voiceovers for, for a puppet show when I got started oh, really? and then I, I made a living, um, doing voiceovers for radio and, and TV when I was, especially when I was down in Texas. Like what sort and of I like, like, um, you're listening to WG, you know, like one of those, N- nothing that official, but, uh, you know, I had an agent and they jobbed me in for things like, um, you know, PSAs and so like the more, you know, radio commercials and stuff like right. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. that. You know, it was always good money. You didn't have to memorize it. You just read right. a script in a studio, and you walked out with a few hundred bucks. And, uh, and then, you know, you'd be driving along one day, and you'd hear yourself saying, you know— You'd hear your own voice saying, you know, shop yeah, like, at wow, Joe's who's that guy? Garage. He's, what, he's got know? a great <laughs> voice. What, yeah. Do you want to do
0: you yeah. one, of, one of your commercials from back in the... What was that? Shop I, at Joe's Garage? I could not no.
1: remember. No. You could do one for like...
0: No, th- here's a funny
1: story, though. I, I When I was in Dallas and I was working my way through an undergrad, I was finishing my undergrad, and I worked at a Cajun restaurant, and that summer I had done uh, Fort Worth Shakespeare, which is huge. I mean... I don't know how many thousands of people. And I had two big roles in two Shakespeare's, you know, rotating nights. What roles? Uh, One was in Othello. I think I was Lodovico. And then... I never saw Othello, so I can't help you out there. I can't think of the other one right now. But, um, so, I don't know, 10,000 people a night are seeing you on this stage and, you know, big roles. And and, um, at the restaurant, people started going... I know who you are. I, I recognize you. Know we're waiting at their table. Thank you. Would you like the gumbo? You know, and <laughs> and uh, and there, and I and then finally I say, oh, okay, Fort Worth Shakespeare. You saw me in Fort Worth Shakespeare. And they go, no, I never went to Shakespeare. And, I'm, and then this kept happening and happening, happening. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And it turns out the local movie theater was showing a trailer of a PSA that I had done for, like, some drug rehab thing or oh, whatever. It was my voice and me on camera. And I had no idea, but they were playing it as a trailer, and it was also playing it like, one of those late-night commercials when, you know, so people were coming to the bar, so the bar crowd was seeing it at, like, 2 a.m., and I had there no idea. Go. But, uh, yeah, so I was
0: famous for, like, this drug commercial, and I was thinking, well, it's Shakespeare, <laughs> You take you work. take work where you can get it. Yeah. What was what was the um, what was the drug that you were pro- that you did? It, it was about just it? like rehab or yeah. something like-, like that. You know, my br- Cialis. If you're you no, know, no, 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 it was drug. No, right. It
1: was like uh, the whole principle was like uh, somebody had died of an overdose. So I had this dramatic sort of oh no, and then hit the wall. And <laughs> yeah, I heard that, that the, timbre, fade. The, 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 the the the
0: your voice sounded like you were shaky there, like you were really like oh
1: no. Geez. Years and years of Shakespeare training to uh, to talk about to, someone who to died to of a about drug overdose. Drug overdose. I, yeah.
0: I think Shakespeare would get a laugh out of that. I mean, it's probably what you would expect. Everything comes from Shakespeare. Don't right? forget that. Don't forget that. You know, um, my kids um, are are huge Taylor Swift fans. And have heard is, of her. Yeah, she, yeah you've heard of <laughs> her. She has a song called Romeo and Juliet, uh-huh. which I don't even know if it's about Romeo and Juliet. It doesn't matter because I, I don't listen to her. I like to I like zone out when, she, when, they, when I listen to her. But we was in the car with my kids, and th- that song came out. And I was like, do you guys know what the song comes from? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, it's this play called Romeo and Juliet, and, and my kids could not care less. They They, they were not interested. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go home, and I was going to play the movie Romeo and Juliet from the right. 90s because that, I thought, made it cool. So it made it cool when I was a kid, and they were not interested. Right. So it was a lesson for me that, I, you know, they have to figure the source. I'm sure if it was coming from somebody else, they would be all about it. But I was like, guys, don't you want to have a, a better understanding of, of what you're listening to, you know, what it means than just, oh, it's a Taylor Swift song. That, what, what's she actually talking about? Where does that all come from? Because it all comes from Shakespeare. Right. Not interested. Failed as a father. Made me feel really bad. <laughs> you know? Geez, how do I convince them that I know a thing or two about what, you know, popular culture or what goes on and how to relate to it better? It comes around. I, you know, it comes around. There's only
1: that. 32 plots, and they were all written by Shakespeare. That's so right. they're getting it one way or the other. There's always a movie plot that borrows from Shakespeare yeah. somehow, somewhere. Yeah, you're somewhere. not
0: kidding. Um, I, I think, I did, like, this, one of the soliloquies in Shakespeare, and this is, this is like, the most boring part of the podcast, but I think it's interesting. I had to like write. Um, the, the teacher like wrote the soliloquy, but she left out words, mm-hmm. and so you had to fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it was—it's um, was probably Romeo and Juliet, the, you know the famous one—and it could have been from. No, no, no. I remember what it was because my dad, for the longest time, his his saying to me was, "To thine own self be true." Yeah, which is from Am Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah. But it's like a. But it's not even a main character telling that story. It's like uh, like one of the Polonius. Polonius talking to his son. Right, I think says it to Laertes. Laertes, right? Yeah. And,
1: and so, that, and if thou canst, thou canst not then are. be false to any
0: other man. To thy own self be true, right? Yeah. Um, and that's you know, my dad still says that to me to this right. day. But and again, that was I'm thinking, geez, I can break through to my kids, and and have an impact on them the way my dad had impacted me through Shakespeare, mm-hmm. through Taylor Swift. Who I thought, you know, geez, what that'd be, what a great way. Failed, not even close. They were not interested. So. For whatever it's worth. So if anybody out there wants to give me some advice on how to convince <laughs> my kids that, that their dad knows a it'll thing it It'll come two.
1: around. They'll, they won't know it. They'll be influenced by Shakespeare one way or the other, and, and it'll come around. Think,
0: well, and I wasn't even interested about Shakespeare, which is you know, that your, their dad knows is cool. I guess I just wanted their, their, their acknowledgement that their dad is cool. Which is probably probably my my need to see a therapist. Right? You, you, you know how to,
1: you have to wait. It was like the the joke where somebody says at eighteen, my father was such an idiot, and when then I turned twenty one and I didn't. I I was amazed by how much he learned in three years. That's <laughs> <You know? laughs> an old joke. Yeah, and it, it's kind of true. Kinda my true. youngest is twenty one, and uh, we haven't gotten there yet, but I'm getting closer. Right. I think. It, it, from, you raised him in Highland Park? Yes, Highland Park. Happily, so yes. That's great.
0: Yeah. Uh, just one kid or, or I have three, 21,
1: oh. uh, um, two girls are 21 and 27 and in between a, a, a son who's 24.
0: I see. I've, I have three girls that are 11, eight and two. Uh, and actually perfect. my 11 year old was in here and this is, I connected to her with her on this level because she was sitting there and she goes, dad, when you end the show, here's what I want you to do. You have to look at the camera and go stay calm and slay on. <laughs> I was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. I'm like, well, what does it mean? She's like, I don't know. But we say it. So now I have to tell all my guests who are sitting, and this would be great coming from you because you have such a great, you could do it in a great, uh, you know, big booming voice. No pressure. No huh? pressure. <laughs> no, but you have to look right in the camera. And what the words mean. Was I, I sp- supposed to be looking in the camera this whole time? I've no. Looking, you can because the You know, because the thing about podcasts is when you're not looking at the camera, but the camera's on you, it looks like you're, you're authority, like you know what you're talking about. You uh, can trick people. Anyway, silly joke. See you there you go. All right, everybody. Wait, yes. wait put the camera on you. Oh. Right. There you go. Okay. All right, everybody. Stay calm and slay on. There you go. All right, sir. James, I appreciate it. Thank you for. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. I hope so. I hope, listen, Something, someone will listen to this. No, it's easy to talk to you. Thank you for so much. Uh, I appreciate that. hear that, everybody? Come talk to me because it's not so hard. I'm not such, you know, I got a lot to say.
1: Nancy Rotaring, come talk to
0: him. Oh, wait, again?
1: Nancy Rotaring, please come talk to him.
0: There you go. She'll never see that, but we'll try. <laughs> All right, I'm turning the microphone off. Thank you very much. Bye, everybody.